Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our ne the next edition of the NTI Pod Talk. Uh, this is the opportunity that I get um, to talk to amazing people who have important things to say in the realm of nutrition, health, wellness, and um, being a nutrition therapist. And so uh, today is no different. Today, I'm talking to the amazing Andrea Nordling from Build a Profitable Practice, Build a Profitable Practice. Uh, and the Profitable Nutritionist Program. Um, and today we're going to talk about uh, many things, but one of Andrea's specialty is teaching holistic nutrition therapists how to build a profitable practice without using social media. And so thank you, Andrea, for being here. I'm Very so excited. excited to be here again, yes. Diane. Thank you for I having too. me. Um, and, you know, this concept of building a practice, um, you know, build, building one that is profitable, sustainable, you know, meets all of your goals and expectations without social media seems impossible, implausible, and maybe even a little bit naive <laughs> in, in the uh, environment in which we live in. So can you talk about like what? what are you talking about when you say don't use social media? Like we're, you know, this is, is crazy talk to some people. And I think it's amazing because I personally don't use social media. So it's right in alignment with, <laughs> with the way I live my life. But I look at myself as li living in this like very narrow box that nobody else <laughs> goes into uh, not using social media. So can you talk about how to build a practice without using social media? Of course, I would love to. So I think that it's so funny that you say that, that we, we think of ourselves in this little box, like we're the only ones that don't want to be posting on social media all the time. I definitely told myself the same thing. Um, like I can never talk about this. Other people won't get it. They won't understand. And I, like, I I'm just so isolated over here without social media and nobody else gets it. Turns out a lot of people agree and get it. And especially in our sphere of holistic professionals, uh, a lot of people appreciate the, um, like the motivation behind that, I guess the reason mm -hmm. that we would prefer maybe not to be spending all of our time scrolling. Um, so I mean, you're in good company. There's yeah. actually a lot of us. <laughs> so I think that this will be helpful for the listeners here, whether you use social media or not, I want to help you have a sustainable business. And you mentioned that too, Diana, of like, how do you have a sustainable business without social media? And I think the, the less you rely on social media, the more sustainable your business actually is because of how unpredictable the, um, the ever important algorithms are and that we don't understand and we don't know. And the policies of censorship and deplatforming and just the behind the scenes of these big, big companies that, we don't understand and we don't get a vote in and we don't get a choice in who sees our stuff and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Or for many practitioners, if you even have an audience, a lot of people wake up one day and just have, have said something that offended someone or some bot and has gone against the community standards in some way. I use air quotes on community standards because we don't mm -hmm. even know what that means. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have a platform anymore and their page is gone. Their profile is gone. Their business page is gone. They're uh, the entire way that they were communicating with people with potential clients or current clients 
it's just gone poof. And so I feel very strongly that having the foundations in place to know how to market your business on any platform, whether that's on social media, off social media, online, which I love, or in person, which I also love. I think that there's a time and place for both of those, but just being able to market yourself, your business and your offer anywhere is really Mm -hmm. important. So I am so much more concerned about teaching people how to talk about their business and structure their offer and then talk about their offer in a way that is going to be sustainable for the long term. So they'll always know how to get clients and they'll always know how to serve those clients at the highest level rather than focus on little tactics for, you know, how to get a few more views here and there on certain platforms that are going to be irrelevant very quickly. So Mm -hmm. that's a long way to say that I, like, I feel like the sustainability is all in not relying on social media personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it, some, it, it is so surprising because you're right. I mean, all business training that I see that I, you know, get people sending me stuff about business training. And we even have, you know, people who consult us on business training. It's all about, you've got to do this to increase your social media awareness. You've got to do this to increase your engagement and your likes and your smiley faces and, you know, all all that stuff. And, um, and it's all to please the, 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 you know, I call them the Google gods. It's all to please those people and may not even be in alignment with what I want to do with, you know, the the message that I have and all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I am, I am so in favor of ditching it, but it, it is truly a foreign thing. And so like, um, I would imagine that many of your, um, students, your clients, like they, they are shocked when you tell them not to use social media anymore or, or, <laughs> well, or, or rec- recommend. I mean, they're shocked that they can... I don't use it. Right. They're yeah. shocked because I'm pretty yeah. transparent about how much money I make in my business and how many yeah. clients I work with. And people are like, I don't understand how you can do that without. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. Right. Right. Um, and I'm like, no, but just listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's just a fallacy that we have to have more visibility and more, a bigger audience, more visible, got to be more visible, got to have a bigger audience. Got to be. Mm-hmm. And that's just what everybody is saying. And we've heard it so much that we believe that it's true. If something is repeated enough times, we just believe that it's true. So it seems like we have to have more visibility and we have mm-hmm. to have a bigger audience. And that's mm-hmm. how you grow a business. And what we don't what we're failing to remember is that businesses have been around for a really long time, long (laughs) before social media existed and were very successful. How did that Mm -hmm. happen? Well, Mm -hmm. because they were serving their customer really well and they knew how to market and sell. So we Mm -hmm. just really actually have to, in my opinion, focus less on getting more eyeballs on our stuff and first figure out what are we even getting eyeballs on? What am I selling? Does it make sense? Do people want it? Is it an irresistible offer? Um, Alex Hermosi has a great book called hundred million dollar offers. I highly recommend this to my mastermind students and people in my program. So I'll say it here too. If you're, if you're a marketing geek, get hundred million dollar offers. Um, and he talks about making an offer that people feel dumb saying no to how simple is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you want to sell? Something that people feel dumb saying no to. So let's start there. Do we have something to sell that's going to really change people's lives? And if not, might want to work on that. It's going to be hard to sell something that people don't really want. So do we have something that, that people feel dumb saying no to? And then do we know how to talk about it in a way that organically is going to spread? 
people, I feel like people inherently like to be the ambassadors of good news. So we like to be the one that has like insight on the, on the next cool thing, or like has, has the insight to share with people. We all, we love that. It's just human nature. We like to be the person that, that is ahead of the curve that knows the best recommendation for the next thing or, or has something to share with our people. It's just like, it's just human nature. We're like that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we need to leverage that and understand that in terms of growing our businesses. And sadly, in the current world that we live in, people have never been sicker. There is no shortage of clients for any of us nutrition professionals. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, I don't know if Diane said that or not. So I, in my nutrition practice, I had the same frustrations early on of like, how can everyone around me be sick and need my help? And yet they're not buying, they're not buying my stuff. They're not hiring me. Like what's going on here. So mm-hmm. I think that we're best served to not, especially in the beginning, to not worry about getting more people to see our stuff when the stuff maybe isn't even worth seeing yet and worry about our actual messaging. Are we solving someone's problems? What The thing that's keeping them up at night, do we know how they actually are thinking about that and how they articulate that problem? And are we saying it in their words in a way that they understand? I think a lot of practitioners really talk over their potential clients in the way that they explain what they do and the problems that they solve, because we have just a, like our baseline is is so much higher level knowledge than most people's. And so we talk over those people. So I really encourage everyone to get very, very fifth grade level on the problems that you solve for your people and the way that you talk about them, use words that a fifth grader would understand, talk about it in a way that a fifth grader might talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you'll meet people where they are and they will, to get back to the point about people wanting to be ambassadors for you, people want to talk about things that are working for them and share that with other people. They want to be the trailblazer, right? So you, mm-hmm. in it's in your best interest as a business owner to make it really approachable and easy for people to go spread the word for you. You work on your messaging. You talk about things in the simplest way that everybody understands. You don't say big words that people don't know. And you use you use language that real people actually use. And then they go spread the word on your behalf. I was just on a coaching call in my program this week. And um, one of my students was asking about how she could, I can't even remember the exact context, but it was basically like, how do I talk about, oh, I know what it was. She was doing um, like BNI events. She was doing those, the the kind of like networking events where you get 45 seconds to do your elevator pitch and you're just, you know, you're just practicing saying what you do. And she's like, I need some ideas for what to do here. And I said, well, what are you doing now? And she kind of said what she was doing now. And it was what we all do where we try to cram way too much information about ourselves and make ourselves seem like an expert, Mm -hmm. but it's not talking about the problem that people actually have and what you solve. So they really don't have a knowledge of if they can go refer you to their friend or if they if they know someone that they can go spread the word on your behalf and be the torchbearer, that's like, I have this cool thing. Everybody follow right. me. And right. they don't know it because they don't know how you say it. So I said to her, I said, wait, so why don't you just say something like, and this is just, you know, I'm just spitballing here. I'm not saying that this is legal to say, or, you know, put this in the scope of your practice. But I said, why don't you just stand up and say, you know how people have heartburn and after they eat, they're absolutely miserable. I help them fix that. <laughs> and yeah. then you sit down. And guess what? Everybody in that room knows what that means. They know what heartburn is. And they're thinking of five people right now, maybe themselves included that has heartburn. And they're like, how do I fix that? And now you're the Mm -hmm. heartburn lady. And Mm -hmm. everybody's going to think of you every time someone talks about heartburn. And then the next week do insomnia. And then the next week do restless leg syndrome. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just go Mm -hmm. through the things that people actually would associate with and would know how to under or how to explain to their friends and family. And then people start spreading on your behalf. Now you're working on your, your messaging. And I know I'm kind of getting in the weeds here and getting like a little, but it's like, 
Hey, just let's, let's stop trying to be so visible to everybody and think that that's the way that you grow your business. You don't, you need to work on your messaging first and know what the heck you're talking about before you go try to be visible because getting more eyeballs on something that isn't converting and isn't getting the results that you want in the first place isn't helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, one thing that, you know, is like always rings bells to me whenever I, uh, interact with your content, whether it's listening to your podcast or reading your, um, your, your emails is that really you talk about, you know, how to grow a better business through selling. And you're really talking about selling from the context of these time honored, like you need to sell yourself. You need to know your product. You need to make a, you know, create a compelling reason why someone would want to buy your product or your service. And it is truly a sales endeavor. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and that is why you're not relying on getting, you know, being an influencer and getting millions of people following you when you, you know, don't really have anything important to say. (laughs) That's kind of my opinion of, (laughs) of influencers sometimes. Um, you have to actually like create a, a, a product that has value or a service product, whatever that has value and create uh, vocabulary around why it is compelling for others to want to partake in your product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We think as business owners um, and anybody who is selling their own services, their own nutrition services is a business owner. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> um, as business owners, we we get to do the selling. We do. We get Mm -hmm. to learn how to do it. Nobody else is going to come in and sell our stuff. Mm -hmm. And so the faster that we get comfortable in doing that selling, the more people we get to help. And truly, I believe this to the tips of my toes. And I hope that everybody at some point in their entrepreneurial journey has this realization as well. So I'll just plant the seed. Selling is serving. When people have a problem that they want to solve and you have the solution to it, you're not bothering them to sell to them. You are offering them an opportunity to solve their problem. That is serving people. You're also introducing a scenario that they may not realize where in the future, this problem could be solved for them. There's so much hope to be given to people that are really, really struggling with their health when we sell to them and they realize, oh my gosh, maybe I could fix this. Maybe I'm not broken. Maybe I'm not beyond repair. Maybe this could be simpler than I've been making it before. Maybe somebody knows something that I don't know. Maybe there are tests that can be taken. Maybe da, 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 by our selling. And when we're giving ourselves more opportunities to sell, we're actually serving our people at such a higher level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that, um, that, you know, comes from this is that I I think, um, a a common and, and, you know, I've heard you say this is a misunderstanding. So this common misunderstanding about difficulty with selling is that, um, you know, there, there's, uh, an, an objection to the price, like the, the cost uh, the 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 cost of the service the cost of the product is the barrier to people wanting to partake in whatever it is that you are selling mm-hmm. and so i've heard you say that um you know the cost of your product is not the determining factor for clients to make a decision and so how do you overcome when people say oh it's too expensive for me like 
what what are some ways to overcome that perceived barrier that you say actually doesn't exist? So, it totally doesn't exist. It doesn't talk exist. Talk about that. Nope. Okay. So price is never the reason that people don't buy. Never. And we could go, we could probably find instances where it is, but it's just not helpful to think that that's ever the reason. So I don't ever entertain that as the reason. I think that it is impossible. So I'll just give this caveat. It's impossible to know what someone's financial situation is, what they can afford, what they're willing to afford, what they're budgeting for, what they, there's so many variables there. We can never know. Mm -hmm. So let's stop trying because that's just a losing battle. So let's stop trying to do that. And also there's no price that you can charge or I can charge or anyone can charge that everyone would agree is an acceptable price. You'll Mm -hmm. never have agreement on it. So quit trying. Yeah. <laughs> just quit trying. Don't do that. First, like that's the first thing I just want to say about this. It's not useful to think that the reason someone didn't buy is because it's too expensive for that person. Maybe, but for the world at large, no, it's just really like, I hope that this doesn't come off as offensive, but this is how I think of it. It's just really lazy thinking as a business owner to, to assume, well, it just was just too expensive. Mm-hmm. because you, what you don't do is you don't give yourself an opportunity to really drill down on your messaging and figure out what did, what didn't they hear from me? What didn't I explain? What are they still confused about? What is their hesitation here? Because really a confused mind doesn't buy. And so there's generally confusion that's happening for people. And we are so well served to figure out what that might be so that we can better tweak our offer so that it addresses whatever the objections are. And I'm going to talk about this in terms of your offer in a second. So remind me, but we were, are just so much better served to think about, okay, well, how was I not clear on this? How could this be more clear in the future? Mm-hmm. What is it? Okay. If money is not the reason, cause just Andrea told me money's not the reason I'm going to yeah. give her the benefit of the doubt on this. Right. Right. If that's not the reason. What might be the reason? What yeah. might be holding them up? What might be still confusing them? And that's always going to yield really good answers. And that's Mm -hmm. going to actually help you tweak your messaging and iterate and get more clear and move in a positive direction that you're going to be impacting more people and having more sales rather than just thinking, oh, it was the price that was wrong. It just, Mm -hmm. it was too expensive. And then you, you don't give yourself that opportunity to go deeper and figure out how you can do it better. How can I talk about their problem better? Mm-hmm. What are their actual problems that, that they're having? How do they describe those? Okay. When they're laying in bed at night and they're wishing for a solution to this problem, how are they thinking about it? Am I addressing that? Am I talking about that? Or am I kind of shying away from it? Mm-hmm. Like think about that. When I think about the solution that I'm offering them, am I kind of backing away at that point? Or am I really telling them confidently I can help you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what is it? Is it, is it a money problem or is it, well, I didn't really actually tell them that I can help them. I kind of like, you know, backed off at that point. And, and then they were like, can you help me? And they were unsure. Maybe that's what's happening. And it's not the price. Or am I not talking about the results that people can get? And am I shying away on some level or maybe not addressing it at all in talking about what life could actually look like for them when this problem is solved and when they're feeling better and, and what that's actually like for them. I think a lot of practitioners really, really struggle with this because they don't want to overpromise and they don't want to talk outside their scope of practice. And of course that's a consideration, but mm-hmm. is it a disservice to your potential clients to never give them hope for what it, what their life could be like? I mean, mm-hmm. can we talk about that? So I think that that's, those are much better questions to ask. Like, okay, if money was not the reason, what mm-hmm. could be the reason and, mm-hmm. and get a little bit more um, specific on that. But in terms of your offer and going back to having an offer that people feel dumb saying no to, sometimes it's an offer situation. Sometimes the offer just didn't 
they don't perceive that that's going to help solve their problem. And there's different things that you can change about your offer or about the way that you talk about it that will clear up confusion for people and they understand. We tend to think that people understand what it means when we say, um, I, you know, we're going to work together for three months. Or we're going to work together for six months, once a week. Well, people like maybe have never done that before. If you work with yeah. one-on-one clients, maybe they've never done that before. Maybe they don't know that you meet on zoom. Maybe they don't know that it's in person. Maybe they don't know. Um, I had a client just in the last couple of weeks on a coaching call, we were talking about it, when it came out it, through some questioning and through some coaching that her people just didn't understand that they didn't need to come to the coaching sessions every week like with an agenda. And they were, they were, turns out they were just nervous about these weekly sessions because they had no idea what to expect. And so she thought that it was clear to them that of course she would be running the show and she would have something that they would be doing every week and just assumed that they understood how that worked. And in reality, they were just petrified that they were going to be on the spot and, and maybe not know what to do every week. And that's a very easy objection that she can overcome in her marketing and in her sales by letting people know exactly what the process is going to look like. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of times those types of, of areas of confusion can come up in the sales process and people are just way too quick to be like, yeah, it was too expensive. They just, well, of course that's what people say because yes. it's societally appropriate to end a conversation by saying it's too much money. I can't afford it. And then people yeah. don't push you on that. So that's just how you end a conversation when you're done. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't yeah. mean it was really the reason. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that people aren't saying that that's the reason. Yeah. It's they're just totally that, saying it, yeah, but this yeah. doesn't mean that that's really what they're thinking. They're just thinking, yeah. I don't think this will work for me. I'm not sure about the process. I'm nervous about some aspect of this or for the most part, what people think is like, but I don't know if it'll work for me. Cause I've already mm-hmm. tried a lot of things and I'm very very unique and you don't understand. I am a snowflake over here and I'm not sure if it's going to work for me. I'm very broken. Right. 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 (laughs) These are what people think. So yeah, we, we, we just take it at face value when someone says, um, it's too expensive or, or, um, like if you did more payment plans or maybe in the future I'll save up and they say things like this. And then what people do, and I was totally guilty of this. I've done this. So I, there's no judgment here because I have done the same thing. Then what we do is we're like, oh, well, I'll just make them a discounted offer. I'll give them a discount or I'll like make a special offer for them. And then they still say no. And we're confused because we're like, but you said it was too expensive. Yeah. So I gave you a discount and you're still a no. And that's because the price was never the reason they're confused yeah. about something. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than um, hearing that and saying, oh, well, I better lo- lower the cost of my services. Um, the better response, internal response is, oh, I need to go and figure out, you know, is is my service providing value and identifying what that value is so that you're Mm -hmm. real clear about that. And then being able to talk about it, communicate about it in a way that people as you say, they, they feel dumb, not making the decision. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about your offer in a way where it's so evident to the person on a fifth grade level of how valuable it is yeah. so that they understand the value of it? Because we, especially as newbie salespeople or people that are uncomfortable with sales. So I can think about myself in the beginning as an entrepreneur, which was a long time ago, but, um, because I've, I've had my own business for a long time, but I think of those early days. And I think that people in the beginning are like this, if you're not that comfortable with sales, you just shy away from 
addressing like the elephant in the room sometimes if, if or just the uh, maybe elephant in the room isn't the right way to say that but like the low hanging fruit the very obvious things we shy yeah. away from them like maybe people just don't understand the facets of your offer maybe they just don't understand like why you you say i do this testing and this and we do this and we meet this many times and they just don't understand why each of those components is so valuable for them and why it's going to get them the results that they haven't been able to get on their own. And they just need to understand. So it's mm-hmm. about the messaging around why it's so valuable. The offer is structured the way that it is. Why does it ensure their success? Why mm-hmm. is it very methodical? Why is it structured this way? Why do we do things in this order? And it's just to reassure people over and over again of how valuable it is and how it's going to help them get the results that they want, that they're not getting on their own or that they haven't gotten by doing what they've been doing already. But if, if you were shying away from having the sales conversation, then they don't ever get the benefit of knowing that very important information. And which can be very transformative for people to understand, oh, I was doing this before and I didn't get the results and this is why, and I could do it differently and get different results. But if we're just like, now I I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to go too far. And then we tiptoe around it. They, they're, they leave confused and then we don't make money and don't help them. And that's Mm -hmm. not good for anyone. Yeah. Well, another thing that you talk about that I find really interesting and something that I always try to, um, you know, integrate into my own uh, life and my business is, um, and 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 you talk about how our own thoughts about our product or our service influence the sales of our product and our service. And so, you know, uh, that that could be way like esoteric. Like you're putting off this vibe that you know you actually don't even think that your product is great. And so, why would people pick up on that vibe and why would they, um, choose it? You know, like, so is it, is it truly like this really esoteric, like it's in the ether people can, can catch your unconscious, um, (laughs) thoughts about it, or is there something more like tangible and, and more, more practical about that? So can you talk more about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's both. I think it's probably both, Uh, but I like, I think it's easier for me to conceptualize the, the tangible and the words that we say or do not say when we are thinking a certain way. So for example, but I'm sure that there is an energetic component to this. We we can all feel energy too. So I'm sure that that is certainly a part of it. Um, I've heard it referred to, I can't, I don't even know who to give credit to, but I've heard it referred to as like, um, like you're selling stench. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, oh, okay. Well, that's like really kind of gives wow. me a visual or gives, yeah, awakens the senses a little bit. And is it yeah. like a perfume that people are running towards or is it like a stank that people want to stay away from? So energetically, it probably is like that. But I think that what we think about our offer or our business or our um, ourselves as practitioners and our capacity to help people or our process that we bring people through, or for a lot of people that are just starting out our lack of process, people get really hung up on the fact that they, they don't know exactly what the process is going to be with some of their first clients. So whatever the thoughts are surrounding that will come out in your marketing and in your messaging with the words that you say, and the words that you don't say, (laughs) kind of playing back on what we were just talking about in a sales conversation. Do you lean into someone's objections and you you know, you help them understand you call or you, um, oh my gosh, what's the word I want to say? You, I'm completely blanking on the word. You 
clarify. It was, oh, okay. it was coming out qualified. And I'm like, no, it's yeah. not it. You clarify. Are you clarifying anything that they're confused about in a sales conversation? Or are you very unsure about your ability to sell or your ability to get them results, your ability to bring them through a process? And you don't know if it really works. And you're like, oh, and I think it's too expensive. Oh my gosh. I think it is too expensive. Then you have a panic moment at that exact juncture where you're like, oh my gosh, I knew it. I knew this was too expensive. Oh, bail, bail, bail. And then <laughs> you don't say it. You don't, you don't overcome their objection. You don't clarify something where they had confusion. You were going to go in with your real offer, but then you like come out with a weird half offer, like a half price thing. And then you, Mm -hmm. you're like weird about it. So that type of uncertainty coming from yours or mine or anyone's thoughts about our own, our our own self-concept, our, the, um, our offer, our business, our clients, the thoughts that we think about the people that we're talking to, whether they understand what we're talking about, do they really want it? Are they really committed? Um, are they going to be able to do it? Do, can they really afford it? We ha- tend to have a lot of a judge- judgments about what people can and cannot afford. Those thoughts will come out in your selling. If it's a one-on-one sales conversation, that will come out if you're very unsure and timid in all of those ways I just said. Or if you are very sold on the value of your offer, and you really understand the problems of your people and you know that you can help them and you know that it doesn't matter what the process is. I got them. I'm going to figure it out. I, we're going to be in this together. I'm going to help them. And you feel super grounded and convicted in that. And you're just you're very certain. You're like, I'm calm. I'm confident. I can answer their questions. I know I can help them. Mm-hmm. Then that's going to come through in your marketing and in your selling. And then that is going to obviously influence your sales the other way because people can feel that too. They can feel like she's unshakable. I mm-hmm. I mean, I think I might not be a unicorn over here. That can't be, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm not so broken anymore. Hold on. Yeah. I think I could do this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great because, um, I think people don't put enough, uh, emphasis or stock in, you know, the way they present verbally, visually, all those kinds of things. And, uh, so that that's really good to to you know be in that mindset that what I think about my product um is is being displayed and accepted by others and it may not be what you want it to be yeah. and, and or or it may not be completely clear exactly so, yeah. exactly so in the sales process that I teach in my program I teach how, that you need to sell yourself on your offer first So we make all of the decisions. Do you have a niche? Do you not have a niche? How much are you charging? Are you doing one-on-ones? Do you have a group program? Do you have an online product? Like what that is, we go through all of those considerations, all of those decisions, and we end up with your offer. And then it's like, okay, it's time to go sell it to people, but no, stop. First, you're going to sell yourself on it. And I think that this is the secret sauce is formaically formaically. I think like a formula, is that a word? Okay. I think think so. Yeah. I can guess myself there. To have a formula to go through and systematically, I'll stick to that one. That feels yeah. safe. To systematically go through mm-hmm. and sell yourself on the value of that offer, on what you're charging, on how you're going to over-deliver for that client, on, on the value, and how you are going to guarantee their success through, and, and it's different for everyone. You don't necessarily have to money back guarantee someone's success. But I always ask my clients when they're having drama about like, I don't know if I can really help someone get results. I don't know. What if they have this condition with it? And I don't know about this. And what if this, and we, we go through all of these, what ifs. And at the end of the day, it's like, but are you going to do everything that you can do? And are you going to figure it out? And do you have the resources to find out or to refer them to someone else if you need to? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can yeah. guarantee the results. You're good. 
You get, you have all of the tools in your tool belt. There's no one's going to really stump you that bad. If needed, you could refund them and send them on their way. It's going to be okay. So we sell ourselves on that, on the value of the processes that we do have in place, in the people that we have in our corner, in the resources that we have, what the value is that we're delivering to our clients with this offer. And just systematically, I mean, I, I teach a process for how to do this, but basically like really how to sell yourself on your offer before you ever go sell it to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that honestly is the secret because when you believe in what you're doing and in what mm-hmm. you're charging and in mm-hmm. the results that you're going to help people get, it really does become a situation where you feel like you would, you'd feel dumb saying no to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, mm-hmm. and then you speak about it in such a confident way that people like really do. They want that people want to be inspired. They want to know I could be helped this you're You're not imposing on people by selling to them. When someone's raising their hand and saying, I have a problem and you could help me. You're certainly not offending them by saying, yes, I can help you. Here's how. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think about it as um, well, you know, so the, the, the product and service that I sell is education. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I always think about it as even, even from being a nutrition therapist is like you are um, part of what you're selling to your client or the receiver of your sales message is you are selling them empowerment for their own, you know, whatever their own health, their own path, their own, like, and that, that has a lot of value. And so if you can articulate how they are going to be empowered to be responsible for their own decisions, their own health, their own wellness, their own, you know, as I said, path, whatever. um, I think that is, is, you know, at least one great way to, um, to, to add to your, your message to your, to the people you're, you're wanting to sell your product to, because, um, you know, let's face it. We all know that medical care is not, uh, providing the health that people are expecting and needing and wanting. And nobody else is telling them that they actually, you know, it's just like, what, what, uh, Dorothy, like you had it in you all the time, right? <laughs> you were wearing those red sparkly yeah. shoes the whole time. Yeah. And that's the magic. Like you have it. And so I think that's part of it too, is selling that empowerment. Oh, a thousand percent. And I also would offer to anyone listening to this, that if you have feel, felt like you struggle with sales or like you've had sales conversations that didn't go well, or you feel like marketing is hard or getting clients is hard, any version of that, um, it's not a fixed personality trait. This, this is a skill. It truly is a skill. I used to be terrible at marketing and sales. Absolutely terrible. I could tell stories of the worst sales meetings that had ever happened in the history of the <laughs> real estate world. I, I will just give the backstory for your people that I started selling real estate when I was 22, fresh out of college. And I had never bought a house before, much less sold one. I mean, what was I doing? Who was hiring me? I can't even believe that this worked, but it did. (laughs) But I have had some really, really cringy, I mean, really cringy moments on that journey. So I really do know how bad it can be when you feel a little PTSD from some bad sales conversations or, or feeling challenged by 
um, someone's objections or just any version of that. I've been there. I totally understand, but it isn't a fixed personality trait. It isn't, it's not, I hear people say like, I'm just bad at sales or I hate this. I hate the business side of my business. If I could just help people, that's what I want to do, but I hate the business side. Mm-hmm. And I just would offer first of all, it's a skill. The more you practice, the better you get. So start practicing because <laughs> nobody else is going to come and sell for you. So just get those bad ones out of the way and keep practicing because it gets so much better. It gets so much easier and you'll get so much better at it as with any skill, anything that you do over and over again. But also, um, like just think about one person experiencing your selling or one person experiencing your message, kind of to what you just said, Diane, that the empowerment that we give people by just giving them someone in their corner and someone that's betting on them and maybe a different perspective that they haven't heard before because they're not hearing it all over their social media and they're not hearing it on Mm -hmm. the commercials that they see on TV or anywhere else, Mm -hmm. just offering new solutions and new perspectives. That person may, may not become a client today, maybe not tomorrow, but I, it just happens all of the time that people circle back in a year or in two years. And you just, you truly never know what mm-hmm. seeds you're planting by consistently selling, marketing, mm-hmm. talking to people, talking about it in a new way, getting your message out there, telling people I'm open for business. I have, I have um, the students in my program. There's one in particular that I just laugh about all the time. She came into the program and she's like, okay, none of my friends know that I have a business. But I'm going to and like, okay, well, we're going to start there. I said, but what's, what's the plan? She's like, I don't know. I mean, I think I just want to get a bunch of clients on the internet. And then once I feel like, like I get some strangers on the internet. And then once I, <laughs> once I feel like I know what I'm doing, then I'll tell people in my life, um, that I have a business and, and, but like, whatever, I, there's lots of different versions of that. Right. And so then she started, she, she didn't follow that path. Luckily she, really sold herself on her offer. She worked on her messaging and she started having very organic conversations with just people in her life. And she, we did a podcast episode together and she talked about it and she was like, I don't know what I was so scared of. I mean, I do have really nice friends. (laughs) (laughs) So she realized, oh my gosh, I just needed to practice, um, my marketing and my selling with people that already love and support me. And that could ask me questions and it gave me good practice Mm -hmm. and I wasn't troubling them. They were genuinely interested in my perspective on things. They wanted to hear about it. Maybe they'll never become clients and nor do I maybe want them to, but they know a lot of people that I don't know. And they're now having conversations on my behalf with people that are becoming clients that are reaching out to me out of the blue, but it's really not out of the blue because I've just been planting those seeds and I've been getting more comfortable talking about my business and my offer. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, starting small, kind of back to what we started with, with social media, no social media, it doesn't really matter where you're talking to people, but I would just highly suggest start with those small conversations, start in your small circle of people that already love and support you and get the cringy stuff out of the way with them first, figure out your messaging, get more comfortable talking about it and let them go spread the word on your behalf because then people keep coming. It keeps snowballing. And by the time you do, maybe at some point want to really increase your visibility online, you know what you have, like you know your message, you know what you're saying, you know what people need to hear, you know who you help and you know how you help them and you've sold your offer enough times that you know how to do it. Then it, it's just like really natural and organic at that point instead of forced tactics and like workarounds and shortcuts online, which feels really icky, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I love this concept of um, having others sell, I mean, 
you know, they're not selling for you, but having others be your marketing team, totally, right? They're, totally. they're out yeah. uh, word of mouth, talking about you, talking about your product um, because, you know, promotions, advertising, marketing, that puts a huge financial burden on small businesses. Mm-hmm. And so to think about, well, I can, like, if I can leverage my message through my my, my group, my community, um, you know, that I'm talking to about, um, that takes a lot of the, the pressure off of having to hire someone to do your marketing and your promotions for you. Um, absolutely. And, 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 and those who are going to go out and do that are more willing to do it genuinely and authentically. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I think it's just a much better plan for, for marketing your business. Totally, totally. And I mean, like just people like to be on the cutting edge, you know, people like to be the one recommending the new things. So it just, yeah, it just like really plays to that, to our human nature of wanting to be the bearer of good news or whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say to kind of go back to the BNI example of making things like really relatable for people, Mm -hmm. just figure out what that is for you. If it isn't it, I, I think a really just natural conversational way to talk about your business is with a, you know, how statement. So it's like, <laughs> you know, how insert group of people suffers from insert problem. Yeah. I help them with that or I help them whatever the result is, but I wouldn't get too wordy with it. I think it's just be like, I help them fix that. So they yeah. don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And just like, whatever that is for you, for your listeners, like, think about that for each person. What is that for you? What is that most basic, you know, how? You know how people have this problem? I help solve that problem. What yeah. is that in the most basic terms for you? Start go sprinkling that out all over the place and just see mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. Truly, it's magic. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, this has been such a fun conversation and I want to be respectful of your time. So I don't want to, uh, you know, take any more of your time, but is there anything else you'd like to add before we talk? And, and I do want you to talk about your program, the opportunities to join your program, how people can find you. So before we get to those two things, anything else you'd like to add that we didn't talk about in terms of selling and, you know, without using social media and those kinds of things, did, did we miss anything that you feel are? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we could I'm, talk all day about I know. all of those things and have so much to share. Um, yeah. No, nothing in particular. I don't yeah. think I just, I would love to tell people you are listening to this for a reason. You're getting this message for a reason. Go and tell people how you can help them and then help mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what we do really, really is so important. We know that, but sometimes we get too in the weeds in our own business and, and we get too in the fear about judgment of other people, or if it's working or if it's not working or how much money we need to be making. And we make a lot of pressure for ourselves. And I think that it's periodically good to step back and just remember, why am I doing this anyway? And, mm-hmm. and to, you know, just kind of remember like this, this really is important. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah. 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 And just a little plug here. For, for myself, for those who haven't gotten the training yet to know how to provide the help, um, the first decision you need to make is go to school. So those of you who are listening and haven't yet made the decision to <laughs> come to NTI as a student, that's the first thing you need to do. And then you can go out and tell others how you can help them because you will have the training. So absolutely. Um, um, th- thanks for, uh, providing the opening for me to plug my own business. <laughs> um, anyway, so 
How, uh, can you tell us about your program and what are the opportunities to join your program? Yeah. So I do have a program called the profitable nutritionist program where I teach all of this, everything we were talking about today. I do have a process that I bring my students through to clean up all of the, if for existing practitioners that already have a business, we're going to be cleaning up what you already have and, um, just kind of doing an audit on your existing business, making it work better and looking at your offer, making sure that it's an offer that people would feel dumb saying no to (laughs) pricing, pricing it appropriately, which for a lot of my students, it means raising the price substantially. Yes. We work on the marketing. We work on, um, all of these facets of your business so that you do have a scalable, sustainable business in the long term. So for many people that's working with one-on-one clients in the beginning and then transitioning to groups or digital scalable programs in the future. And there's definitely a a smart way to do that. So I teach Mm -hmm. that in the program, um, basically how to make a lot of money each step of the way so that you are helping the most amount of people, but you're also creating the resources in your business so that you can invest in that in the future into more systems and into more processes and into more scalable assets and help more people because that Mm -hmm. truly is what we are aspiring to do. And nobody wins if we play small, nobody, we don't win. And and the people that really need our help for sure don't win. So that is what I teach in my program and it will be open for enrollment on December 1st. So I think this episode is coming out right before enrollment opens up and you will hear all about that enrollment. If you are on my email list, because you won't be hearing about it on social media. I'm not on social media. I don't have any social media. So you have to be on my email list to get all of that information. And you can sign up for that on my website at buildaprofitablepractice.com slash free. And then that'll give you my free course and you'll be getting my emails. If you want information specifically on the program, and if people are listening to this in the future and they want to know when the next enrollment is, the enrollment dates are always on this page. You can go to the sales page at buildaprofitablepractice.com slash join, J-O-I-N. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your, um, generosity and providing the information that you do provide, um, for free, uh, you know, in this setting, as well as your own podcast and, um, your, your emails, which I absolutely love getting. I devour them. Oh, thank um, you. I, I highlight things. I make notes for myself. Um, it's, it's very good. So thank you. Um, you are, uh, you know, a ray of sunshine and, uh, um, really, just, I I love talking to you. So thank you so much for being here. And I know that those who listen to and watch our pod talks um, will also benefit from getting this information. So thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. All right. Well, have a great day. You do. Thanks. Bye. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my 